0: The following program is a peer to peer advice show and does not diagnose mental health conditions. If you're seeking social services, please call or text 211 or go to 211.ca. Listeners around the world on radio streaming and podcast services, this is It's Not Therapy. I'm Leanna Kersner, and I am not a therapist, but I am your source for navigating the madness of mental health using my top 10 sayings for checking in with your best self. This episode, we're continuing our look at why smart people do dumb things. Last week, we talked about dumb self talk. This week, we're looking at dun 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 ego. Ah, ego, a word with so many interconnected meanings. Colloquially, it's usually meant as a pejorative. If we say someone has an ego, it means they're unpleasantly full of themselves. We refer primarily, of course, to the male ego. And I'll have an expert on navigating manhood on with me later. Jeff Pereira of higherunlearning.com will be joining us to discuss alternatives to the male ego trap. Because ego has another meaning in psychology. Now, unclench your cheeks, folks. I'm not going to do a deep dive into Sigmund Freud here. The ego in Freudian psychoanalysis is your conscious mind, your rational thoughts. Whereas your id, saith Freud, is your instincts and primal drivers. Then you've got the superego, which is essentially your morality. But let's not overcomplicate things because, well... Freudian stuff is kind of falling apart for decades. The belief was that the ego must keep the id in check, but we're finding increasingly that neglecting those instincts leads to a lack of fulfillment, especially in trauma work, paying attention to one's instinctual responses is important for redeveloping a sense of safety and control. And the idea that our conscious minds are purely rational is also wrong. Which is why I think the meaning of ego shifted in popular usage. I remember doing this contract job for a marketing company and the head of the company sat in on a meeting. For some odd reason, he decided to target me in that meeting. He kept insisting that the people we were creating content for were the guy in the chair. And they had big egos. He kept saying, put yourself in the chair. Put yourself in the chair. Thing is, our clients were 80% female. And they were a bank. Bankers don't have that sort of ego. Bankers have spreadsheets. But the project took on comic proportions as the boss hijacked the entire thing and decided to produce a script with a bunch of Toronto Raptors references in it. He didn't seem to realize that the Raptors were sponsored by a different bank. As you can imagine, the client wasn't exactly pleased. That's the thing about that kind of ego. People with big egos can't put themselves in other people's mindsets. They assume absolutely everyone thinks like them. Those of us that follow the science know that's not true, so we try to limit assumptions regarding motivations. What projects to the world as someone being full of themselves is usually a fence keeping in all their not-so-hidden insecurities. When you're secure in yourself, you can accept and validate different points of view. You don't badger someone in a meeting to put yourself in the chair because if you're taking your own advice, you realize that person likely doesn't enjoy being grilled by the boss like that in a group meeting. It's uncomfortable, not just for the person the boss is targeting, but everyone in the meeting. And this is an example. Head of a company, smart guy, right? doesn't matter how smart you are if your ego gets in the way of your good sense. But having that ego-driven swagger is still seen as confidence in many business and social circles. It's really the exact opposite of confidence, and it leads to terrible decisions. But having some ego is actually a good thing. So how do we know how much is too much? Well, like many psychological issues, disorders are diagnosed by whether something is negatively impacting your life. The problem with the unchecked ego set, though, is that nothing is ever their fault. They never realize there's a problem. They wreck the lives of the people around them, and they themselves aren't happy. But it's always everybody else's fault. I still don't quite understand why we put these egotistical jerks up on cultural pedestals. This idea that bullying is strength, recklessness is decisiveness, they're so out of date. They're not helping us individually or collectively. But the minute we start challenging any of these things in a public square, someone screams that we're being anti-men. But here's the thing, that performative masculine ideal is connected to some pretty lousy statistics. The suicide rate is at least three times higher for cisgender men than cisgender women in every adult age category. And because I checked, according to data from the Trevor Project, young transgender men are also more likely than young transgender women to consider and attempt suicide. Other studies of transgender people have shown that suicide risk in transgender women decreases with time in treatment, but the risk doesn't decrease for trans men. Then there's violent crime rates. Men are both more likely to commit violent crime and be the victim of violent crime. And injury and disease mortality have such a gender gap that according to one data set I looked at. Even though more boys are born around the world than girls, by a tiny little bit, by the time people reach 65 years old, there are only 75 men for every 100 women. This allows us to theorize that those constructs of masculinity, that male ego thing, causes a lot of smart men to do a lot of dumb things. And for you guys whose egos haven't been able to handle the last two minutes, don't worry. We're doing Women in imposter Syndrome next week. This is probably a good time to throw out the contact information if anything inspires a question, comment, or suggestion. Leanna at nottherapyshow.com is my email, or you can go to nottherapyshow.com. Fill out the contact form there. Join our mailing list while you're there. Or nottherapyshow on X, that's Twitter. Instagram and threads. I enjoy threads, even though there's not very much to do there. We'll be back after this break, talking with Jeff Pereira, talking the male ego. Jeff is a little more chill, a lot more chill than I am on this subject. Jeff's great. We'll be back with him after the break on It's Not Therapy. following program is a peer-to-peer advice show and does not diagnose mental health conditions if you're seeking social services please call or text 211 or go to 211.ca we're back on it's not therapy i'm still leanna Kirchner. i'm still not a therapist and it's time for the interview i have somebody i like a lot with me this show. I've got Jeff Pereira with me since 2008. Jeff Pereira has been talking to audiences across North America about helpful versus harmful ideas of manhood, building bridges across our differences, and men helping end gender-based violence. You can check out Jeff at higherunlearning.com. He's available to speak at your community campus or space. And Jeff is here to talk to us about ego. Jeff, where do you start? when you're talking to notably men. But I do think there is a female version of this. But we'll start with where people know. Where do you start unpacking the concept of ego and how it drives our thinking?
1: Well, Leanna, first of all, it's great to be with you. And uh, it's thankful to uh, be here with you for this conversation. You know, when we talk to men and young men about um, anything when it comes to manhood and masculinity, not not all men but a number of men get into kind of a fight flight or freeze mode you know because manhood is so much about it's this whole thing around um the perception of who you are versus the reality it's about performance you know that we're being measured as men uh, but what we can demonstrate what we own what we produce you know so thinking about our identities um and how they're shaped so much by social influences and that you know so much of in this day and age we exist more socially sometimes like online versus in person so our ideas of who we are uh self you know the definitions of my identity my worth you know so the male ego becomes a big part of this conversation you know thinking about how um society shapes our ideas of who we are our value, our worth, and we we internalize this kind of programming as to this is how I demonstrate or prove my worth. So it's a conversation that, you know, when men find a space to actually talk about it, they warm up to the conversation, they're excited to talk about it. Uh, but even within having the conversation itself, it's kind of like the the dance between how I talk about this and how I open up and share uh, amongst my my peers my colleagues because the you know the piece around being authentic being humble uh being vulnerable is such a challenge uh for us as guys in general uh so opening up and talking about and naming and identifying and talking about ego can be such a challenging thing because uh, it's really you know it's looking in the mirror and uh, not looking to see how are people perceiving me, but what's actually really there, what's really going on. So it's 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 kind of like for old school folks, it's kind of like um, when you get out the Christmas lights and you have to <laughs> untangle them, you know, and mm-hmm. you're trying to find which light bulb isn't working. You know, that's a lot of what this conversation really is.
0: Now, you touched on the actual technical Freudian psychoanalysis dynamics uh, definition of ego in the sense of identity that mm. constructed part of your identity and how you uniquely um in flux it is for men right now and that's I mean that's a very real thing and yet there's I mean there's a lot being made to complicate it and I think that's actually making things more difficult for young mm. men than less in terms of that untangling. I mean this is where we get into the, you know, big word, for a, a simple thing, normative male alexthymia mm. The idea of alexithymia is just difficulty putting emotional experience into words. They touch on that in all things in the Barbie movie. And mm. <laughs> I was very impressed by that. But the idea that men have these feelings, they're not taught to process the feelings. And I mean, women are not taught to process certain feelings either. It's just sort of like pretend they're not there. And they don't even have a name for it. And Mm. that's where that constructed personality, identity, comes from. Now, when you start getting into questions of identity versus performance, which you mentioned, Mm. uh, it's very hard to know where the line is when you're discussing. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where a lot of this backlash against talking about this stuff comes from is people feel like their identity is under threat when people are just talking about how you express yourself. And this is where we get into that fraught idea of toxic masculinity. Do you want to touch on where that's going, what you're seeing in the work you do regarding the concept? Because some guys hear that term and believe it's saying all masculinity is toxic. Is that true?
1: So much of our conversation is so divisive and Trying to find you know ways to have a conversation where we all drop our armor and lure our guard and kind of really open up and talk about it, even just intellectual having conversation having discussion, it's become the new let's take this outside, you know it's like the debate bro culture <laughs> right so yeah. even having the conversation about the conversation can be really challenging, and uh, yeah like i i I personally don't use the phrase toxic masculinity um because it's become so loaded you know like the people's concepts or understanding of what the word is enters the room before my actual right intention right but i think i think you know when you talk about intention one of the challenges is um if my intention is good it's how i show up for the impact you know like how i impact the room how my words land um, if my intention is good i'm going to show up for when my intention didn't work out you know, so it's thinking about the words I'm using and, and as much as I can trying to meet the mark. Um, I think that, you know, if, if I say that, you know, I don't like my hamburger raw, I like it cooked to some degree. I'm not saying I hate hamburger <laughs> and thinking about masculinity as something that can become helpful in society, helpful towards ourselves, or it can become harmful. You know, I have this quote uh, from the great Buddhist speaker, uh, Pema Chodron, on my wall. Uh, It says, the most fundamental uh, aggression to ourselves, the most fundamental harm we can do to ourselves is to remain ignorant by not having the courage and the respect to look at ourselves honestly and gently. And I think Mm -hmm. about how it, it is a time where men are trying to figure out who we are in the world. What's our value? What's our worth? Like, who are we? And we're seeing that especially with young men uh, and boys, but I think it's it's being able to look in the mirror, face hard truths, thinking about, well, who do I want to be and not want to be, and how these ideas of manhood are they lining up with the the person I want to be, or are they taking me in a different direction? And it's really hard when you don't have role models, mm. uh, examples, you know, models of possibility. I, I in your In your own personal life or what you're seeing through social media online uh, in your community, you know, so having access to someone where you can talk about what it is is to kind of like just navigate relationships, not even romantic, sexual, just friendships, Mm -hmm. work dynamics, being online with your friends, being in the classroom, being in the, you know, in the lunchroom, uh, the boardroom, uh. Because you're trying to figure it out on your own. This whole idea of manhood is that you're supposed to know. You don't ask what? questions, right? You, you just, you know, you need to have game. You need to know what you're doing. And uh, the ability to kind of exhale and say, I don't know what I'm doing. I, I don't I don't know what this looks like. And then, you know, you end up looking either to people who are genuinely with you, like, yeah, I'm with you. Let's try to figure this out together. Or people who are going to tell you this is the way forward you know this is what you need to do and a lot of those voices um so-called you know self-help voices and uh uh just people i would say pulling us back into outdated ideas of manhood Mm -hmm. um this era we're in is kind of like you know we're all in survival mode and it's like we're in stormy waters and uh some of us are trying to find solid ground Uh, And some of us are retreating back to what we know, you know, or what feels familiar. So in stormy waters, this harmful idea of being a man feels more solid, more rigid, you know, Mm -hmm. it, it comes with the face of like the, the scolding father figure, like a, I mean, these names, we keep talking about them, like Jordan Peterson or someone like Andrew Tate, who's projecting this, this idea uh, and it feels like this is a way forward. This is my life jacket, you know. So, um, the real challenge is how ego gets in the way uh, sometimes with all this, with this, with this conversation that we're having.
0: Yeah, I mean, you just cited two examples to me of you know walking egos, very different ego constructs,
1: mm. but
0: both you know clinging to this false certainty because when I watch. One of their videos. Yes, mm-hmm. I watched them. I'm mm-hmm. so sorry. Uh, but I see one guy using the structures of academia to maintain a very ego-driven um persona that I, I see a lot of insecurity and fear mm-hmm. there. I mean, when someone is shaking and crying in lectures. Anywhere else that would be considered something's really wrong here, but that's mm-hmm. become part of Jordan Peterson's brand and that's the thing that people don't see if they see him on um uh, you know his daily whatever it is videos or you know mm-hmm. there's the structured thing and then there's I mean we'd call him a hot mess. <laughs> but it's almost like he's giving space to, to, to cry, to shake, to tremble, to have those things going on, feel those feelings, and then deny it was anything, order, order, structure, structure, clean your room, don't bother kids when they're skateboarding, Mm. right? Then you've got Tate, who just seems to me like a tiny little boy in a muscle suit. Mm -hmm. with a lot of mouthy words I mean I kept thinking of Andrew Tate watching the Kens and the Barbie movie it was so performative Mm. they didn't know what they were doing their entire reason for being existed putting women up on pedestals and now they got this moment of wait a minute this isn't fulfilling so now we have to treat women badly yes and That seems very clear to me, but obviously the young men that uh, flock to these guys, it's not clear to them. They see these guys as having their ish together. Yes. Why is that?
1: Well, you know, I I think that when, you know, you and I Mm -hmm. look at someone like Andrew Tate, we right away can see this is a, a grifter, a con artist. This is performative. Um, You know, w- when Tate first kind of hit the public scene, he was a mixed martial arts fighter and he was on a in the UK. He was on Big Brother. Right. Which, you know, is is a juggernaut over there. Like he was big here, but it is a, a cultural juggernaut over mm-hmm. there. And uh, when he was on the show. He was spoken over. He was mumbling. He was just this guy in the corner. And, you know, that person. That we saw in this reality show I thought that reflected a lot of his future fans like young men Mm, who feel they're not being heard they're being stepped on and so you know the story came out that he had um been uh physically violent towards a woman he was kicked off the show and then all of a sudden fast forward he's created this public persona that is this like you know lion in a in a cheap suit with a cigar hiding behind sunglasses yelling and screaming at people and i think that you know the appeal of, i think for young men and boys i think they know that he's a con and that's what they love about him mm. you know they love the act right because if 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 the society's idea of manhood is about performing pretending like as men were actors trying to be something we're not it's all about the con right it's the first person that you're fooling is yourself and then you're fooling others right mm-hmm. so i i think that they love that andrew is in their mind perfected the con hmm. like he's so great at it Like he's got this Bugatti, he's in this mansion and it's it's it, and he looks physically intimidating uh he holds the room when he speaks and if you saw him on big brother you're like this is like night and day Who this person is and the person we're seeing now Mm -hmm. so i I think that's part of it i think part of the appeal is you know he's like us but he figured out how to play the role and i don't want to necessarily improve and get better i just want to put on the projection that i'm this person
0: Uh, ah okay so it's a quick fix
1: right right again right you're 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 struggling in the water. You're drowning. Here's your life jacket, versus learning how to swim. Grab and Andrew Tate, like boom, right? Simple. Yeah,
0: Great. I mean it, it's just so it's so. It I mean it's really easy to dismiss what is going on there, but mm. he captured something, and and that's I mean I think when we when we talk about these figures, we invert the problem.
1: These are,
0: this is going to sound horrible, but these are opportunistic infections. Mm. Jeff, hang on. We're going to take a break. We're going to pause with Jeff Pereira of higherunlearning.com. Jeff will be back with us a little more after the break when we return on It's Not Therapy talking the male ego. The following program is a peer to peer advice show and does not diagnose mental health conditions. If you're seeking social services, please call or text 211 or go to 211.ca. We're back on a set therapy. I'm still the Anna Cursor. I'm still not a therapist. We're still in the interview talking to Jeff Pereira of HigherUnlearning.com. Now, before the break, we were talking Andrew Tate ego versus actual healthy identity like being centered in yourself versus you know flying high on this construct that you know like i said it's a muscle suit Mm -hmm. uh i keep hearing from young men that they're terrified by this idea that their intentions don't matter only the results and i hear that you know usually college age it gets drummed into them in college that your intentions don't matter only your results matter. Mm. So if somebody says you're a bad thing, then you are automatically a bad thing. Now, Mm. some people do say that. I also think there is something of a misunderstanding there. And you explained it better off the top. So I want to circle back to make sure that point really hammers home. Because what you did when you talked about intention, Is you said that if, you know, I'm going to the room with a certain intention and I'm going to put that into practice if my message doesn't land the way I intend. Mm. And that to me was modeling what. uh, We can either say healthy self-concept or healthy ego, Uh, the the construct, the rules you've set up for yourself is if I understand it, you can tell me if I'm right, I know I have good intentions. Mm-hmm. Nobody can tell me what my intentions are. The best way to communicate my intentions is if something doesn't go my way, hold up, what happened? And you're secure enough in yourself to mm. take that feedback instead mm-hmm. of it destroying you and, and the entire house of cards fumbling. How would I do
1: there? That's, yeah, bingo. Okay. <laughs> Bullseye. Yeah, I, I think that, you know, I talk a lot about um, the power of a pause for me, a pause is an opportunity with any, within any moment to reclaim and refine your reaction to the moment, right? Mm-hmm. So so you take that pause. I have good intention. I'm a good person. I'm a good man, you know? And mm-hmm. in a world of, of I'm not, not giving away anything in the Barbie film, but the messaging to men is that, you know, you're not enough. You're not enough. You're not, you need to be better, do better. And, and for men and young men it's like I am a good person I'm a good guy mm-hmm. so the other challenge is on top of that at an early age we learned that our value is in being able to solve problems mm-hmm. I need to I, I can, I'm not the problem I'm the solution right you know it starts with like with kids like parents with their kids like they might ask the boy to do the thing or to be take on the responsibility right you know and as they get older they're like take it watch your sister you know like and do these different things. And and those messages kind of, they they evolve and grow. And so men become coded in thinking, my role is to be a fixer. Mm -hmm. I need to fix, 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 versus I need to help. How can I help? How can I serve? You know, you walk in the room, it's like, how can I give? How can I help? And that feels weak. It feels like you're not being the solver. Hmm. You're being this kind of like, oh that, that's why I think like a lot of men don't volunteer I think that oh. we see volunteering as like it's not leadership I need to fix I need to be the leader but valuing the role I play as a helper right like that is where the value is mm-hmm. you know the leader the leader is is useless if there's people not taking action and actually doing the thing you know yeah. like and I so I think to kind of get back to what you're saying like I think that once you put all those things like you know you put those things in the pot and you're looking at it you realize that for men like yes like good intention but the humility to be able to kind of step back and and see ourselves um because if like another i'm quoting a lot of buddhist folks here Tik Nan han talks about you know if you love something or someone but you don't know how to love hmm. Right. Like, I love this plant. I'm going to keep watering it and watering it. And then, oh, I drowned it, mm. you know, or and you extend that to relationships. Like, I really love my friend. I love my partner. And you might do things that end up pushing them away or harming the connection and, and not even seeing it. You know? So yeah. I think I think that, you know, it's humility is such a big part of this. And it's so hard. Uh, when you're trying to like we talked about the beginning, this balance between um, trying to have this positive sense of self, you know, but uh, how that can blend into oh, I've got this, I've got this figured out, you know, like mm-hmm. I I, I worry I'm very I worry about people's perception of me, like oh, here comes the evolved male to tell me how I'm such a sh- or yes. uh, sorry, I'm such a such a horrible person, mm-hmm. right? And it's like, I try to deflate that right away. Like, I'm not an expert. I'm just a guy trying to figure it out. You know, it's like, you remember back in the the day when, I'm sure people still use pen and paper in school, but, uh, you know, there was always the kid in class that took the great notes. Right. You're you're probably this kid, like, like, took really good notes and also added their own notes and little diagrams and, like, used different markers and stuff like that. Like, I tried to be that kid and you want to borrow that person's notes if you miss class like I try to think of myself like I'm trying to be that person I'm not the teacher I'm a student but I'm taking good notes Mm -hmm. and I'm willing to share them with people so I think if we reframe it where you know the ego telling me like I need to be the solution it's like no I just need to how am I helping myself how am I helping people in this situation how am I serving myself serving others you know and mm-hmm. are that as being the good student who's listening and observing uh taking notes how could this be different how could I do better um not be better but how could I do better you know like right. I, I, it's it's not telling men to do better do better do better I think it's inviting men and young men to kind of imagine what could be better like how could this be different Is this working for me? You know? So, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's funny that thing you said about the the mindset of fixing versus mindset of helping was really interesting. I mean, you know, the the version on on this show, power of the pause is listen twice before you talk once. Mm. Because I think too (laughs) many people listen to respond
1: instead Mm -hmm. of listen to
0: understand. And, you know, my version of listen twice is okay. What did the person say? No, what did they really say? Nice. Not what I'm afraid they meant. What did they really say?
1: Love it.
0: Uh, But then the fixer versus helper. I mean, that was another thing they touched on in the Barbie movie and it was a moment. I actually felt bad for the Ken's because mm. I work with a lot of men. I know that that explanation, you know, what the over explaining the quote unquote mansplaining and mm-hmm. like you, I try to avoid using terms like mansplaining toxic masculinity, except as a joke, because mm-hmm. that that desire to fix things to be useful is a real driver. And this is part of the reason I wanted to talk about male ego, because it's this, you know, oversimplified oh, ego is always bad.
1: No, mm-hmm. we all
0: have a conscious part of ourself that like, who do we want to be? Right. What is our morality that? Well, that's more the superego. But, uh, you know, this idea of who we are, how we fit in society and being useful is how a lot of boys and young men, like you said, do develop the very shaky beginnings of self-worth. Mm. The, the problem with that, the achievement driven self-worth is it's it, it falls apart. The minute mm-hmm. you're not achieving. And there are times in our life where we're all stuck. You know, mm-hmm. things just aren't moving, things aren't coming together. Uh, it's just bad luck. A lot of people are looking for work right now. A lot of people, mm. their money is not going as far as it used to, and they're feeling less worthy, less enough because of circumstances way beyond control because mm-hmm. they can't get those achievements they can't fix things and that's when i think ego trips us up mm-hmm. and it's the whole idea you know the the i am enough is now an internet meme <laughs> yeah. uh yeah. but some people are i am enough when they heard i saw the movie oh you saw it no i saw the meme uh <laughs> but uh you know, people dismiss that and it's frustrating that that became part of the marketing because in the context of the movie, it's actually quite sweet.
1: Yes. Right. And
0: um, the this idea of I can be a part of my community, I can volunteer, I can I can't contribute. I think contribute is maybe better than fix, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Because another thing we say on this show is be the hero of your own story and not anyone else's. Nice. And, you know, working in male dominated industries, tech, TV, you know, especially comedy, all I, it was this constant power struggle with everybody trying to be top dog. Now, of course. Mm-hmm. I got a very different reaction to trying to be top dog than guys did because it was expected of guys. I was shoved into this. Well, you can take notes, right? Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. mean, I had one guy throw 10 bucks in my lap once uh, and tell me to buy him lunch. I outranked him on mm-hmm. the set. And oh. did anybody say anything to him? No. And at the time I thought, well, this is patriarchy. But no, it was a bunch of guys not knowing what to do yep you know there's no script for what other guys do when a guy does that and and it's structural, right mm-hmm. the the way men socialize, the way men communicate, it's all parallel. It's all mm-hmm. let's let's go play hockey or let's go play basketball or let's do a common activity. And so no one wants to rock the boat and say, hey, i'm not sure about how this is going and the authenticity saps away and saps away and saps away that sense of what a guy wants dwindles and dwindles and then it's all just oh that was a joke i'm supposed to laugh right and Mm -hmm. you know it it hit a pinnacle in the whole locker room talk debacle Mm -hmm. and you know there's an example of something that i don't know of a single guy that likes that and Mm. i don't know of a single guy who doesn't put up with
1: it Mm -hmm.
0: what is going on there
1: yeah there's you know another way to think of it is kind of like you know the challenge like i always talk about how it's it's the challenge is we're being asked to see what seems invisible Mm -hmm. and that seems impossible. What are you talking about? Right. Um, I, for example, if you think of, you talk about tech culture, imagine a startup and it's a group of young men. And uh, so think of it like, like it's a pool of water or Mm -hmm. the temperature in the room or the temperature feels fine for those, let's say five guys right they have great camaraderie and it's a great energy and a great dynamic and Mm -hmm. it feels good and then um a client visits the space or a woman or you know a a trans person a woman of color etc someone someone outside of that enters the space and for them the temperature feels cold right or it's too hot right it's it feels cold it doesn't feel inviting or it's too hot this feels like oh and for everyone in the space they're like what's what's their problem it, yeah it feels fine to me you know so that's what it. that's that's the challenge is how to get to that place where you understand what's going on you know mm-hmm. and and that it's not it's not a simple you people want simple this is a day and age of hit a button give me the simple answer
0: yeah give me a guarantee yeah
1: yeah it's, yeah no, it's 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 a journey it's a it's a journey of yourself and in your space to figure out what are we doing? What can be done differently? Yeah. And again, it's tough because the way men receive these messages is it's all about measurement. Yeah, you know, like I'm not good enough. I'm not strong enough. My my body part's not big enough. My car's not right. big enough. It's not good enough. Versus... Another body
0: part's too big. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Yeah, so it's 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 such a challenge to kind of put that aside and be like, okay. This isn't personal even though i need to make it personal like it's but it's thinking about what what needs to be done what can be done differently here Mm -hmm. uh and that's that's not easy you know and i think we need to give each other grace to kind of recognize you know turning the turning it around the you know the ocean liner like it's 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 a process it's not going to happen overnight like it's like We want men to improve it's like okay you're gonna learn to run a marathon after a week right uh, that's not happening yeah yeah that
0: i've i've identified that as an issue too that men don't have space to practice doing things differently right you know the minute they and and women have a part to play in this as well this whole men policing men thing leaves out a huge thing for me and Mm. we should have you back on to talk about this sometime because it's its own topic But men realize, okay, I got to make a change. Their ego is diminished. And so they don't have the step-by-step of how to do things. The heuristics disappear. And so everything takes more work for a while. Mm. And and then they go back into their lives and their wife gives them a negative reaction when they try to express an emotion. Awkwardly, perhaps too aggressively. You know, that too much, not enough thing. Yes. And they retreat because it's so painful and so humiliating. Then you've got the reactants. Then they're on the internet, internet watching Jordan Tate and Andrew uh, Jordan Tate, yes. Jordan Peterson Jordan and Tate. Andrew Tate videos. <laughs> oh God, uh, Jordan Tate—he's the Voltron. Of, yeah, but that—that's the thing—is that it is unpopular to attempt to understand the way ego fits into this stuff. But we're yes. not going to do things differently if we don't if we can't name the various components of of the dynamics of what's going on here and unless guys have a place to make mistakes and it not be the end of the world you know not have their identity attacked because the performance was off we're Mm -hmm. we're not going to move that ship how do you begin that process knowing it's going to be rough at first this is not easy
1: no it's not I I think it's you know when we you know as as men we have a goal uh say for example physical my physical state I want Mm -hmm. to be in shape I want to be able to play you know rec hockey on the weekend or you know what have you um you have that goal you decide to go to the gym right you get a personal trainer you know that if you're doing it right 48 hours later, like you, you're working your core muscles, you're working your glutes 48 hours later, I'm going to be in pain. Yeah. Right. It's going to be sore and it's a good looking, and it's you learn to look forward to the burn of that. But if we're building our emotional being like our emotional muscle, as I describe it, like, you know, you need to learn that it's going to be hard work and it's going to, it's going to, there's going to be pain. Mm -hmm. Right. That whole no pain no gain kind of kind of thing but the reality is like if i'm building up you know my my emotional being uh it's building reawakening atrophied muscles building new muscles muscles that that haven't been worked like you know a lot of guys not a lot but a number of guys typically they work their upper body so you see guys all like from the the waist up they're like hulk hogan but then they have scrawny legs right yeah the and,
0: whole skip leg day meme
1: right yeah and so yeah, I I think about this a lot because um, you know, especially during the pandemic, I was very sedentary, so my knees are really shot right now, Ooh. and I'm I'm working on kind of building the strength in my knees, you know, and mm-hmm. um, I think a lot about, for example, like right now, I have a, I have a hard time kneeling. Mm-hmm. If I had to get down on the floor and kneel, like my knees are in such pain, like I really have to build the muscle and, you know, my meniscus around there is is really tender and all that because I'm a big boy, and uh, so my my point here with this is that. You know, as men, we see kneeling as weak, Mm. right? We don't value that. So we don't build that muscle because your knees, I'm not, I don't have the the clinical language for it, but basically like building the muscle in your knees is not valued, but you recognize that good health, good physical health, part of that is the ability to kind of, your knees do so much for you, you know, Mm -hmm. They, they hold you up. So emotionally, like thinking of kneeling, the humility, the vulnerability, um that's perceived as weakness but really when you think about it it's strength it's about emotional agility uh our emotional literacy um these are things that we need to to work on to develop a whole sense of ourselves a healthy sense of ourselves to handle um all these upcoming challenges things we're trying to navigate in society today Mm -hmm. um so yeah so I, i think it's learning to value um this this idea of true strength, uh, emotional health, emotional muscle building, you know, and and I think part of that is finding spaces like an emotional gym with your peers. You'd go with your buddies to work out, you know, and you're a bit vulnerable with them because mm-hmm. you're trying to. You might be performing for each other, but eventually, you're kind of like, oh, I, you know, I didn't. I need to. I need to work on that. You know, like my rep could be different. So mm-hmm. emotionally, doing that with each other, saying, yeah, like I need to work on this. This could be better. Um, what do you think maybe we can get and getting like a you know a professional trainer for your emotional self as a therapist right or, mm-hmm. or a counselor to help you sort through that Um, but yeah it starts with accepting it's not about me saying I'm not enough it's saying what could be different what could be better
0: Jeff Pereira everybody I could talk to Jeff for hours usually do I have to cut myself yeah. off you can check out Jeff's work or book him to speak to your community, campus, space, group, higherunlearning.com, higherunlearning.com. Jeff, thanks so much for your time.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: We'll be back after this break with brief final thoughts. We went long, cause I mean, we're talking about men. I'm gonna let the man talk. Uh, back in a bit on It's Not Therapy. The following program is a peer to peer advice show and does not diagnose mental health conditions. If you're seeking social services, please call or text 211 or go to 211.ca. We're back in the final moments of It's Not Therapy. I'm still Leanna Kursner. I'm still not a therapist. Still mulling over what Jeff Pereira was saying before the break and the beginnings of it being instead of being, I'm not good enough. What can I do better that's an interesting pivot because we all hit points in our life where we feel beaten down and I think a lot of people are feeling beaten down right now and Strangely, that's when ego kicks in that's when we start going into denial, making excuses, doing that very performative thing. And I'm going to go back to the Barbie movie for a minute because this is a funny story about me. No, it's, it's honestly funny. Not one of those funny stories people say is a funny story. It's just sad and pathetic. Okay, it kind of is. Because the character in the Barbie movie I related to most was Ken. Yes, Ryan Gosling's Ken. And this was a very self-aware moment for me and kind of painful because it reminded me of my days as a games journalist and being so singled out as a woman in that space. And in tech, the the egos clash in different ways. It's sort of a passive-aggressive thing, so they're hard to spot. But Ryan Gosling's Ken's journey of... Always being the end, the supporting thing, the perpetual guest that no one really cared about and you only had a good day if one of the people that really mattered looked at you kindly. And then you learn concepts like patriarchy and you go kind of crazy and act like a lunatic for a while. And then you got to figure out what to do with yourself. And that's when you actually become an individual. And that's when you really find your center and find your voice. So that's where I'm going to leave on the idea of ego. It may be a social construct, but it doesn't just hit men. And next week, we'll be talking about women and imposter syndrome, because there is some ego in that, too. Until then, liana at nottherapyshow.com. If you want to drop me an email, nottherapyshow.com. If you just want to fill out our contact form, X. Instagram and threads. If you want to contact me there and as usual, your crazy's only problem. If it's hurting you, see you next time.